and a very good evening wherever we may find you this evening. If you're uh, out with friends or you are sitting somewhere comfortably or you've had a bad day, which I'm assuming you would have had after that football game, which we'll talk about in a minute, we'd like to welcome you to the Gunnerstown Pub, and uh, we're going to have some uh, things to talk about. We kind of thought maybe there wasn't much, but we thought uh, perhaps there was enough. But I think there's more than enough. We've had a tumultuous week, to say the least, from the last draw to where we find ourselves this evening, where the almost super league Arsenal, zero, lost to an own goal, Everton, one. So um, welcome to the Gunnerstown Pub, as I said. With us this evening is Paul, all the way in KwaZulu-Natal. Evening, Paul. Hello. Are you tippling um, your, your usual fish food? Yeah, um, I've got a botanist gin and, um, and fish and leads tonic, and this is my third. Okay. Cheers. Well, welcome. Cheers. And uh, a very good evening to Mo, who's uh, joined us, had the uh, haircut we discussed. <laughs> for yes. Last, last it was on. So yep. um, did you, you shed your locks for looks or as in protest? No, I've, I've, I've kind of, uh, I think, yeah, in protest, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I've had enough. But, uh, you know, I, um, I'm just finishing off the last few mouthfuls of lager, and then a bit like the last time I was on after the Liverpool game, um, they've moved me on to the whiskey. So okay. um, they're, they're, they're not good for my health, this team. No, By the end of the season, you're just going to be snorting... Crack on on the screen. <laughs> no, no, because we're going to win the Europa League. Okay. <coughs> I, need to, I need to also explain the stark background that I'm sitting in. Um, no, it's not a studio, but I thought it was a a, a, a good reflection of uh, the stark week that we've gone through as Arsenal football fans. Uh, everything from the draw, and we were still mulling that over. It wasn't a particularly good away game, as we know. And then the news breaks of the Super League, which of course has led to the protests uh, that held outside the Emirates this evening. Um, I see on Twitter people talking about uh, 2,000 people, but in my view, the amount of people that I saw in the pictures easily could have pulled the, the clock end or um, uh, any of the stadi uh, uh, stadium as it were. Anyway, Paul, what did you make of, let's start with the football game, let's get that out of the way, because I think the football game ended up reflecting I would take uh, as a hot take from my side for week. What would your hot take be? Um, God. My hot take was that I went into this game thinking, well, we've had, like you said, a pretty up and down week. Um, all the Super League crap and then the fans' reaction was awesome. All of that, I thought, no, I'm just going to relax and you know, let this game unfold and not get too caught up in anything because I think if football was fucked before this week, I think it's even more fucked now. But um, I couldn't help it. I got involved and and once again, I just kind of got disappointed. I was disappointed watching this team fart around, you know, trying their hardest to do something and not ever quite achieving. My hot take was that we're just kind of difficult to watch right now, I think. And it's, and it's painful, right? I mean, the expectations are always there. I mean, you almost even start on a blank slate, as it were, with every game. And then the disappointment still kicks in afterwards. Yeah, like um, Paul Moore just said on, on, on screen there, we haven't got a clue, you know. That that was my hot take. I'm sure we'll get into details later, but yeah, we yeah I, just, I, I feel like we just... 
useless <laughs> right <Really>? now. <laughs> Similar sentiments? Or um, I think so. It, it, it's it's interesting because the the um, uh, it was Everton's first win away to Arsenal since the uh, the Bruce Rioch season. There are times when I'm almost being reminded of, of those days before Arsene Wenger um, as the George Graham team tailed off in 95 into 96. And it just, there didn't seem to be any team spirit. There didn't seem to be any team. There didn't seem to be any uh, understanding, no, no game plan. And um, it's unusual that the wife, I said I'd give her a mention, it's unusual my wife watches an Arsenal game. She doesn't like football particularly. But she kept saying, this is awful. Um, it, it was just, I, I just knew after the first 20, 30 minutes, I thought, we're just not going to score. It, it, some nice, pretty passing, some great passes and finding a bit of space. And Partey, okay, you know, some good passes. Yeah. It was on a yellow, had to be careful. Uh, Smith Rowe buzzing around. Sakura, I felt, was a bit sub subdued compared to normal. Uh, but but it just, I don't know if it's Lacazette missing because he drops back and offers us more. or, or We just didn't seem to have a cutting edge. We just seemed to be sleepwalking through the game. And it was something, it was something we had to do to get to Thursday, which is clearly now what it's all about. Yeah. Uh. I, I, from from my side, I initially thought that the, the passing was crisp and uh, people were, were playing well and, and the pressing, well, for me, for the first 50, 20 minutes, um, I was super impressed uh, with the pressing. Um, I thought it went really well, but it led to very little and ultimately nothing. And and, and it just tapered off. To, and, and then when you reflect on the whole game, um, I've seen words like boring and uh, and worse mentioned, um, and I think that that's ultimately the, the the hot take for me was I expected so much initially, especially with what had happened. You know, the players wouldn't have to go past all the demonstrators, and knowing how supportive and they were seeing, you know, the greatest team and all of those kind of songs, and and yet you would have thought that that would have fired them up, but after the first twenty minutes, I think it just slipped away. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, so let's let's leave the match for a second, and and just uh, talk about what happened outside before uh, the game kicked off. Large numbers, Paul. Yeah, um, I was speaking to uh, Martin from the Tollington pub, which you guys probably you I know you you've been to Olaf, you've probably been to yeah. as well, Merv. Um, and they've got problems of their own right now, which um, isn't, you know, maybe we'll get to that a bit later. I'd love to say something about that, but um, he was on his way back, and he was. You know, we were chatting on video chatting and he was showing me the crowds and he reckoned, you know, and he's quite good with crowd estimates, but, you know, he reckoned it was probably five to seven thousand people when it, you know, probably at its fullest. And when, when I saw some streaming, unfortunately, obviously, I'm in South Africa, I would have loved to have been there. But um, there were some great ch uh, channels, uh, Haters TV, um, Ruptly, there were a few channels that were streaming it live. And so it felt almost as good as being there, listening to some of the colourful songs and, and the cronky out stuff, the flares. I mean, when Arsenal does something, they do it really well. Like our, our protests have definitely been, <laughs> you know, head and shoulders above. You know, even the other clubs were mentioning when, you know, the Arsenal, the Gooners have, you know, um, showing up again in their droves. Yeah. I th I'm hoping that the message... I just hope we can build on it. You know, I can hope we can build on the fact that the, that the owners of this club are so fucking clueless. 
and so greedy and they they just they shouldn't be anywhere near this club they have no loyalty to arsenal they have no loyalty to islington they have no loyalty to london english football and it's apparent you know um yeah. they're all about billions and i read sorry i'm just gonna wax on a couple more seconds but i i read somewhere that 3.67 trillion dollars changed hands between the rich and the poor in the last year under the pandemic just i mean 3.7 trillion dollars you know? yeah so the wealthy that's how much the gains jeff bezos yeah. and elon musk and all these guys made over the period and probably stan Kroenke and and his walton his you know walmart, walmart and um, clan and the rest of us just got poorer and poorer and it's, it's for them to do what they've tried to do now is it's shocking uh yeah exemplified by the way this evening with, uh, with mentioning um uh, mac mclaren with a comment on saver tollington same situation there small medium business owner martin and uh the the landlords are wanting a year and a bit uh, rent if i'm not mistaken if i understand it correctly uh payable and 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 no support from government or anyone else it's it's atrocious you know um and and they're good people and they employ people from the area uh, yes. Merv, what was uh, your view of, um, of what uh, happened outside the Emirates this evening? I, th I, I thought it looked good. Um, I thought, I mean, I was expecting the numbers to be out because I think, yeah, there's a lot of passion around the club and there's yeah. a lot of feeling, um, a lot of anger at what happened uh, at the weekend on, on Monday. Um, and I know that, that, that Arsenal fans are passionate and will come out and show that. And a couple of my friends were down there and were sending me pictures. So um, I thought it was great. You know, it, it, it's kind of, it makes you proud because <coughs> I, I, I know the passion is there. I know the passion is there, you know, every time I go. Um, and and it, 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 it means so much to the supporters uh, of the club. I think it was also what was which, uh, which I think was great for me was with this COVID thing of the last year and a bit and not being able to go into the stadium and watch games. Today also uh, was a rallying point for uh, even fans with very different views on on matters and, and on the one thing they concurred, you know, and they were able yeah. to get together and they were able to sing songs again like we normally do in the Emirates. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I think that that's also a strong reason for the get-together, but also a good positive takeout is most probably certain relationships were rekindled and, and, and new friendships were potentially started. So that's always a good thing about uh, the Arsenal, about uh, bringing us all together. All right, let's go back to the game for a second. Um, let's talk about a highlight, if you can exemplify one for me, dearest Paul. Oh my goodness. Um, what was the highlight of the game? That's a tough one. Um, you, you, you do know your next note, eh? So you... <laughs> I do know I'm, I'm what? No, oh, I'm sorry. next. I'm just giving Merv a I know, Merv's next. I was going to... Shit, you. Um, my... Oh, I, I, actually, I can't think of a highlight, to you be honest. Highlight. No, I, I like the sound of the helicopters in the background. Oh, and the fire and, and, and the gunfire and the, and the fireworks. Oh my god! Yeah. That's a, you know, uh, 
you know, it's the kind of sounds normally in Hollywood movies. It sounds like a, a huge gun battle was going off outside. I'll take that as my first half highlight. No, you'll, you have one. Or are you gonna, or are you gonna go pass? Um, I, I mean, early on, I thought Pepe looked lively. I thought, I, I, I certainly, after about 15, 20 minutes, wasn't expecting the outcome. I thought we would score and probably get get another one. Everton didn't look to have a lot of ambition. Um, and I like the fact that, yeah, uh, that, 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 yeah we had uh, Smithrow, Saka. There were uh, short, crisp passes moving quite quickly. Everybody seemed quite settled. It... it, it, it it seemed a little bit like they were going through the motions uh, yeah. because Thursday's the big one and nobody particularly wants to get injured. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. It's almost impossible to have a highlight. I thought Eddie Nketiah was, was, was showing for things. He, he doesn't give us what uh, Lacazette gives us in terms of coming back, in terms of pressing. Uh, he's not such a physical presence, but he was looking lively. The Everton defenders... Uh, were aware he was around and, and buzzing, but but it, it, there seemed no cutting edge. I mean, I I, I was be after after about half hour, I thought this has got naught naught draw on it, um, and it, it, I, I just I, I I think it's very difficult after a performance like that to say what is the highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be, yeah, because it it, it yeah had. Had the penalty, had VAR not intervened on a fingernail or, or whatever, um, and we Excellent. scored that penalty, we'd have probably wrapped it up at 2-0 and we'd have said, yeah. you know what, it wasn't great, but it was comfortable. And, you know, it's the, how many games running have we had this with VAR? You know, it was the, the Saka's toenail was offside on, on Sunday. And, and it, it's just, it, it's beginning to go beyond a joke. Um, and you know, for the I know a lot of people have pointed out that, that for the Richarlison one, they, they were drawing things at an angle that they weren't drawing for the Pepe one and stuff. So I mean, it, it's kind of it, it. It is very frustrating for fans, and yeah. I think that funny enough, I was out last night with uh, a Chelsea mate, and we were kind of both agreeing that the you know. Yeah, the, the, the VAR as it is being implemented at the moment is just—it's so frustrating. In particular, um, in the, but in particular in the Premier League, I mean, I've yeah, said this I mean, a few times. It's not like this when applied in, in the Bundesliga or in La Liga, for example. Before VAR, we would have got a penalty, and Pepe hopefully would have scored it nobody from the Everton side would have said we were robbed. That wasn't a penalty. He was offside. Even in slow motion, it didn't look. And it's they had to go of... back 15 seconds before Correct. the penalty yes. interview to do yes. that. I mean, it was, there were so many phases of play and they were back on side. You know, that's, that's the whole thing is that it seems like VAR, you know, if they can't, you know, fuck it up on, in the actual incident that's under trial... They will keep going back as far as they possibly can until they can fuck it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, in rugby, you say, you know, please, will you check that incident? And then the, the ref might say, and if that doesn't work, then just check for a forward pass, three, you know, three, ten meters before that or whatever it is. And they'll do that. They don't then go back to the, the 25-yard dropout like, you know, three minutes ago and say he crossed the line with the ball and therefore it was a foul kick. And you know what I mean? It's, it's like so this VR... 
we do need to say though that uh, you know if if, if uh, the survivors tackle which was the penalty was if it were against us we would be having a discussion right now about it well, a low night uh, because it would have been incredibly soft it's, it's, it's against us. absolutely and and that's why i didn't include it in the highlight because i thought it was a dive of note and i don't i hate it when any team's players dive when ours dive i hate it as much as when other teams play because it's really ruining the game you know and the fact that that can even be a penalty it's not a goal scoring opportunity in the box it's not you know what i mean it's like how how is that worth that kind of punishment given indirect free kick at the worst it was like a it was a soft foul like this just this penalty these penalties being handed out for players diving nowhere near the ball dragging feet behind so that goalkeepers can clip their laces with their gloves and 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 getting you know a penalty kick which is almost a certain goal the well, game I mean, is it's, it's the, the game's fucked it's fucked yeah it's also it's so it pathetic when you start doing it on millimeters and it's like a shoelace or a toenail or a seam of the shirt or that, that is under no circumstances would a linesman have been able to make that as a differentiator for onside or offside, and all likely would have given it as on. That is, that is generally the rule of it. So it yeah. becomes incredibly frustrating when they zoom in and they zoom in, and then it's it, it is what it is. So, it, but technically, but sorry, just you know, technically, put the low light card up. I'm, I'll I'm, put the low light card. The, the game was VAR was the low light for the evening. Just because and I've said this over and over, so I'll say it one more time. But but technically, at, at the fact that the, those cameras are at 100 frames a second means that what they're talking about as an offside is within the margin of error of that fucking technology that they're using. Pepe could have moved anywhere between here and there if you shuttle between the you know those frames. You know, there's no there's no way like at the frame when the ball is still in contact with the foot and the frame when the ball has left the foot, if you jog shuttled at the same time, Pepe moving across this other guy, you'd find that there's a, there's a you know, gap about this big between frames. And they've just picked a frame that happens to be... It's, it's just wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. It's, it's like yeah. an affront to our intelligence. It's an affront to our enjoyment of the game. You can't, support, you can't celebrate a goal anymore. There's just no way you can do it. Thank you, you know, for joining us on the Gunnerstown Pub, by the way. If you want to have comments, please do <laughs> post them so we can, can read them up for you. Um, and uh, we're very glad you joined, Paul, Merv, and myself. So, Merv, is there a definitive note? <coughs> or? Um, I mean, several, probably, on, on the, <laughs> the, the way the evening went. I think, for me, the low light, and I've got to give a shout-out, and I promised him I would, for a friend of mine, John, who we've been going to Arsenal kind of on and off together for over 40 years. And we've been all over Europe and stuff. And, and back in August, he called it. There's a group of about five of us who've been going on and off together for all our lives. Uh, and in one of our get our Zoom catch-ups at the beginning of the season, he said, we shouldn't be selling Martinez. We should be selling Leno. And the other four of us said, no, 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 no. Leno's the man in possession. He was, you know, Martinez came in, but, you know, it's taken him this long to get the break. And, and you know, it, it, we've seen Leno progress over two seasons. Um, I'll say to him tonight that, that yeah, Leno has been concerning me for a few weeks now. Uh, there are some good saves there. He makes some instinctive saves. Um, but I think the concern is he's becoming 
error prone and yes. it, it, it's not uh, a, a, a if i just see a comment there mac mclaren you sold the wrong key, keeper it it's easy to say after the event with hindsight it's easy to say um and at the time i thought it was the right decision uh it was a shame because i really enjoyed watching martinez at the end of last season um but it, it you know there, there's been rumors uh, noises coming out with leno that he might want to be off you know it's not he doesn't think it's the right place for him and and, and it, it's a bit concerning because i would have said you know uh two months ago i'd have said no no he's being very solid um but it, it just his concentration is lacking it's almost since that game against wolves when he came out and handled the ball and, and uh, he's 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 made mistakes, and his his concentration doesn't seem to be there. Would you also not? Uh, you, you you said he had uh, very quick movement and whatever else, the reflective saves. Uh, mm. Would you also not? Just the strange part for me is that a lot of the goals that have been conceded with him are not ones that you would ascribe to. Down it, if only he was more reflective. It's actually more of the the, the fundamental, basic goalkeeping stuff. I mean today. It went through his 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 legs. Granted, he was uh, on his knees, but it went through his legs and and went into goal. And there were there've been a few of those underneath him slash not getting behind all stopping uh, saves that uh, or, or goals that he's let in this season. So it's it's those fundamental things, almost the way that you start off as a goalkeeper, get behind the ball and and and, and prevent it from moving on. Um, is uh, would you would you concur? Yeah, um, for me, I don't know. The more the more time a player seems to spend on their haircut, the, the less I like them. Generally, you know, um, I like the guys that just get on. No, no, no. On on the pitch, on the pitch. If you if you're being paid to play football, you know, fuck the fashionista thing and the little trims and the thing that cut away and the thing and the you know, it's like it's a vanity and the narcissism that ties in with the you know the whole for me. Just in general, as a rule of thumb, like the guys with the fancy hair, generally not my type of footballer. Um, and Leno just, I don't know, he just seems a bit smarmy sometimes. And, you know, that pride kind of comes before a fall kind of thing. I just sometimes feel he's like overconfident. You know, the thing I liked about Emmy Martinez is he seemed like an Arsenal player. He seemed down to earth. Um, you know, he had, he just felt very capable, safe hands. He was good in the air. Um, that that run that he took us through, at culminating in that FA Cup um, victory, I think, you know, I I definitely felt that he'd earned the spot, and I was I was sad to see him go. But he's gone. I mean, what's what's the point? Looking looking back, you know. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's have a quick discussion again about uh, uh, the backdrop of today's game, because I mean, in between our last draw and tonight's loss, we. We've had, as we spoke earlier, a tumultuous week, um, and and a lot of anger. You know, people are people are getting their shits about it, and and rightfully so. So the question, so taking the two situations together, tonight's game, and the anger of the fans and the way it's been demonstrated, social media, otherwise, and also tonight, with uh, all of the the wonderful guys out um, in Islington, do you think that what has proceeded this week, out of the last draw? Do you think has an effect on on the team coming out today, Neil? Um, I Did think you? so. So I don't know. Did you say Paul or Merv? Sorry. No, you know Merv. Merv, no, 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 no. 
Okay, okay, sorry. Um, I heard Merv uh, too. Oh, right, okay. The, 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 yeah, I think that um, I see one of the comments is, is, is asking where our passion is. We should be swearing. We, 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 yeah, we fucking we should be. I'm we swearing can't. a lot. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I've, I've got some cunty swear words up ahead. <laughs> okay. I can't control him so much as I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. This this evening. It's a pub. Hello, hello. Sweet, it's a yeah, fuck, it's, it's a fucking pub. Have a bit of alcohol that'll okay. loosen your tongues. I um I think it I think it does have an impact on the players. I mean they're well aware. Um, they're well aware of the backlash. They they they're kind of in the middle. You know I I'm not yeah. sure to what extent any players were con consulted. But then maybe they were. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't think. I don't think any. I, I would. I mean, what what I would say, I'll. I'll, I'll I, when I heard the news on Sunday night, was it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't initially. I I wasn't shocked because I many years ago when the 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 European Cup became the Champions League. I remember having a discussion with some friends in the pub after a game, and I said that this is, this is to me the forerunner of some kind of European midweek league. This whole concept of having you know, mini leagues, and if you finish third, you, you're you're still in the in in a competition, just the lesser one, and and it was kind of you know the big clubs' way of saying look, we don't want to run the risk of getting knocked out in a home and away tie in the second round by Galatasaray or somebody. We want to have our 10, 12, 14 games. Um, and so I thought there'd be some, at some stage in my lifetime, I thought there would be some kind of, as I said, European midweek league. I didn't know how it would be structured. And so when I heard the announcement, I thought, oh, is it, this is what I was thinking. Then when I suddenly realised, no, this was something different. We were leaving our leagues. Yes. And this was going to be the competition. I thought, what are they? Is it, who thought this was a great idea? I always, I, 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 when I first heard it, I thought it was a way of saying, we don't want to be in the Champions League anymore because it's whatever, and we only want to play with, with these, and then we make our own league, and that is it. But I, I always, initially, when uh, I always saw them, I saw us staying in the Premier League, but just not play. But instead of playing Champions League, we'd, we'd be playing versus the. The, the European uh, kind of football with, with the money behind it and the uh, and all of these famous teams uh, and and so on and and you Paul no I, I always knew that you know since since we care to you movement started a couple of years ago and you know with with Tim Payton and the AST um, talking about you know warning about this basically I think since Kroenke bought the, the team I think he's always had an eye on 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 being part of a league which is much more like the American ones where, you know, like um, it's it's the same teams play each other. There's no relegation, promotion. You know, they share players, they inject money. They try and keep it even, you know, the worst team gets the first pick of the new new players and stuff. It's, yeah, so they've got their own little ways of keeping it interesting. Sorry, what? The draft system, the whole American thing, I, I, it's one thing that I've just never been able to wrap my head around. Um, well, it's because they've got that closed system. So, you know, like you can't, you know, they, they, they like to have a little bit of this semblance of competition, you know, and it's, it's all about appearances. And, and most of American sports, it's just about the appearance of something, you know. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there, there is a big difference in the, 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 
the the draft system kind of works a bit uh, because players come up through the colleges so that it's possible for the team that finishes bottom to select the best college quarterback. Uh, it doesn't work here because it, we don't have a college system. Uh, the players come through the academies and the academies are owned by the clubs. So in an American-style league, we could finish bottom and say, right, we're taking Martin Erdegaard as our first pick. But Martin Erdegaard is owned by Real Madrid. Right, and, that, invested, and they've invested else. in yeah. him. They've invested yeah. in him since, you know, like so us American, with Saka and stuff. It's, yeah, the yeah. American system in, in that respect couldn't work. Yeah. yeah. You, won't, you won't be able to level up like that. One, one of the things that uh, this whole week and, and, and the fans' voices and then everybody pulling out um, uh, and, and uh, intransigent initially to kind of get out... Uh, the one thing of, of, of having the owner out for all the reasons that are absolutely right, but it's but at the moment uh, there's going to be um, on Sunday's game, Man United are going to be doing the same with the Glazers, Liverpool fans are going to be doing the same for uh, Fenway, and then there was a big game I think later or somewhere in May, 12th of May, or I don't know, I've read it briefly somewhere. If the, the two of them were going to be playing each other, then if the fans were going to do a united thing. But if this, if, if, if my concern is that that it's a circle at the moment. So you've got indignant and enraged fans, and rightfully so, no disputing that, making a noise about the owners and telling the owners to get out. The owners are all invested with money, and they're not going to be going anywhere soon because who's going to buy it anyway? Because that's you know when the, when clubs are valued. At, I mean, we're talking Liverpool, and Man United, and Arsenal, each over two billion pounds easily worth on paper, um, and that's not even a selling price. So they're not going to be sold soon. So the fans are going to continue to be indignant because they still don't want the owners, but the owners are still staying. Yep. And yeah, but I think that's where this is. Uh, sorry to interrupt, um, Olaf, but okay. I think that's where this this time it's different. I think I think these guys really shot their bolt. Um, they, they thought that they had everything covered. It's typical billionaire hubris, ignoring everything else. They don't take advice. They, they, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona, you know, huge debt. They wanted, to, you know, to control all this stuff, and they, they thought that they had all their ducks in a row. And I, you know, I don't think they took everything um, into consideration that they should have because they were shocked. But the point is, now, I mean, with the political climate as it is and people like Boris Johnson in, in, in charge who need a way to get support having lost it so badly after Brexit is the possibility is that they could maybe change legisl legislation around the ownership of English clubs so that it fits more like the German model, like a 50 plus one or with a golden share or come some kind of share veto and actually break up the monopolies that are being formed by these foreign, um, you know, let's face it, these most, most of these Foreign. I mean, the big clubs are owned by foreigners, whether it's Russia, America, um, but, but, Arabs. But, but Paul, even if to go to that thing, we are not talking about something that doesn't cost that does cost a small amount of money. So if it were to go to fifty-fifty and we work on the two billion pounds as a as a starting point, yeah. who's going to pay the owners? The, who's going to pay them their one billion pounds? Value. Olaf, you, you know, when Kroenke bought it, he bought it with other people's money anyway. You just got to get a bank that bankrolls it. And you know that it's an, it's an operating business that has a certain guaranteed income. I think once the pandemic comes up, you know what the running costs are. You know what the profits are. I think you can get a loan. Somebody can pay it off. I mean, that's what the Kroenkes did. They didn't even put their own money into it. 
They just put another bank, you know, a bank, a bank loaned it, you know, and knew that they could make the payments. And then the value of the club went up, doubled, you know. Um, that's, the, that's the way it works. But it's, the point is, you know, I think that they need to break up the fact that these single people are buying, the, you know, clubs are not the same as, it's not the same as buying like a property. You know, Arsenal isn't the stadium. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not the physical bricks and mortar. You know, it's it's the people that have tread, you know, trod those those hallways and sat in the stands and cheered and for hundreds of years, you know, 135 years, whatever it is, you know, that's what the club is. It's the heart and soul of the club is the fans. And Kroenke can own the brand and the little plastic logo and and the and the great stadium and all of that other stuff, but he doesn't own the club. Clubs are different. I think football clubs are different. <coughs> you know. Um, and different to other sports as well. Why is, is well, I, you know, no, I think, yeah, in some ways, football is it's the it's the sport of the people. It's about it's about it's cultures and about cities and you know and it's and football clubs have united, you know, cities during the the worst possible times of depression and you know fucking Thatcher in the eighties and that kind of stuff. There was football for the working man in England to get behind, other than his football club, and it was a place that you could go and you could forget. Know, that your life sucked, you know, and it was grey and shitty, and 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 you were on the dole, and you know, like your football club united you, and that's not you. How do you buy and sell that, and then try and translocate it, or you know, pack, package it and and move it somewhere else? I mean, I could see Stan with his new stadium in in LA, whisking Arsenal off there to play the Barcelona Real Madrid for the summer months, you know, and and that the built up Arsenal and made it what it is. You know, be sitting in Islington watching it on TV, you know, yeah. if they're lucky. And that's just fucking, that's fucking wrong. It's not, it's wrong. And somebody needs to stop it, you know. And if the people have to elect the right government that can stop it, then that needs to happen, you know. Okay, oh, combining tonight's game with uh, <coughs> this, uh, the Cronkies out scenario, Merv Usmanov, do you think uh, him, he now is part of Everton? Was there... <laughs> Uh, he had his own particular dark uh, history and whatever else. But uh, would that have been preferable with all of the, the rhetoric he came out with while he was holding some shares and whatever? Would that have been part of the solution? Or is it Everton's game now? I, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's kind of Everton. I, I, I think that I think that, that ship has sailed, to use a cliche. Um, I don't know... I don't know, you know, you, you can't, I, I don't know how you can force the Cronkers to sell their interests. Um, I mean, they, they as, as most most fans and most people watching this will be aware, you know, they, they, they brought, an NFL, brought into an NFL team and moved them, like, you know, about hundreds yeah. of miles away. Took them out of St. Louis and moved them to Los Angeles because they could make more, more money there. They didn't care. And I mean, I know people, I have a number of American contacts uh, uh, because of the work I do. And I know, uh, you know, half a dozen live in St. Louis. And it's like, like we used to have an NFL team. We, we, we don't anymore. It just moved. Um, so we don't, you know, that, they can't do that here. I mean, you know, if they wanted to, we're already in London. They're not going to move anywhere else. Um, but but the, 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 I, I don't know how you, you can force somebody to sell. You know, it, 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 it's 
I, I, I don't know how you would change the laws to do that. Well, I don't know. In some ways, you know, certain there might be a property, you know, like a, a, an oceanfront property that um, has, has stood for a long time and, and traditionally been part of a, you know, been part of a, a community. And then some foreign investor comes in and wants to tear, tear down like a little pub or a little museum or the house that, you know, that John Lennon lived in and build a, a fucking, you know, like a condo or high rise or something. You know, the government steps in and will say this property is part of the culture, you know, um, and it's become a protected site. It's a national monument. It's more important to have this existing in the situation that it is than joining you know, becoming like, you know, like a, a little brick in the, in the wall of like global capitalism, you know, and if you think along those lines, I think the football club is, is something that is specifically an English, you know, it, well, Arsenal, it, it belongs to England, it belongs to London, it belongs to that culture, it belongs to, and even London is divided up into so many clubs and different identities and cultures related around them. They, they're so unique, you know, for, for clubs that are a couple of miles apart. You know, they've, they've each got an identity that has, has been rooted in, in hundreds of, you know, in decades and decades of people building that up. And I think the government can protect it from foreign attack. And, and in the sense, it needs to be treated like a national movement. It needs to, it needs to be given exceptional treatment. Football, uh, then should it not be like that with all football clubs around the world? It's... It's, it's, it's that's it's, like saying all lives matter. I, I can't. I'm, I can't argue all of them at the moment. Our clubs matter, and those six clubs matter. And I'm happy to argue those. I'm, I, I. I don't think I really want to broaden it to. Uh, well, then, if that, then all lives. It seems like an all all lives matter no, thing no, for no, me. No, 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 because a lot of these very same owners, and you can take Manchester City, they own a team in New York, for example, they own a team in Australia. If I'm not mistaken, they own a team in India now, and I think they own another one in Vietnam, for example. Um, but what I'm saying is that it's, it's, it, if you're going to talk about uh, uh, fan ownership at 51%, and that's absolutely fair, and that's the German model anyway, so uh, be it Dortmund or Bayern Lincoln, Although they've got um, Adidas as a sponsor and Audi, but they've only each got about 10% share. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that, uh, that it's, it's a worldwide thing because it's a battle right now that we're facing over here in England. But, but who's to say that uh, Atletico Madrid don't want to have that battle or Juventus, for example, and, and AC Milan, which, by the way, is another one of those American-owned um, uh, 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 clubs within this uh, Super 12, by the way, um, and that that's problematic in itself because they're actually stripped um, assets all of their life, and that's their, their business model. Anyway, back to that. All I was saying was that it, it's it's then should be for all cl uh, clubs worldwide. Well, the, no, so but, there's but, six clubs in England that are involved in this thing, Olaf, and and basically the the re response has been most passionate by the English people because of exactly what I'm talking about is the fact that there's this cultural identity and there's, there's these clubs are institutions that belong to the culture, this English culture. And they're the ones clamoring against it in this, but in this moment, there are 12 clubs, but I don't see the same protests happening. You know, there were some in Italy, there was some graffiti, um, you know, nothing in Spain along the lines of what we have. This is a very English 
it's a very English matter because the, 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 the game was born here and it's been rooted in these, in these communities for such a long time that it's a national identity issue. And it's particularly in England. I mean, I'm not saying they're not passionate fans overseas, but these six clubs ripped out of the pyramid that has existed over these, you know, like a century and a, a quarter, you know, um, is, is pull it, would pull the whole thing apart. You know, it's as offensive to the people left behind as, you know, as the ones that, weren't, that were going to go, you know. And, and you've lived this from a young age, haven't you, Morgan? Um, You've lived this from a very young age, is what I'm saying. You know, uh, in the community and supporting the club and yes, growing up yeah, with it and part of your DNA. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my dad first took, took me when I was three. Um, and it, it, it's quite poignant for me because it, it's the 50 year of the 70-71 double. And the first season that yeah, he, he took me to every home game was 70-71. Uh, basically, because I nagged him because he took me to the first cup final. Um, and I, I'd kind of be, I obviously became a glory hunter that night. No, no, no. It just, it, it was something to do with the emotion, the excitement, and everything that, that it really resonated. This is what it can be. So I was quite lucky. In, uh, firstly, something my, my son won't have. You know, he won't be able to turn up and pay 25p to stand in the scoreboards um, like I was. Uh, but but yeah, I mean it is very much part of my life, and and it, it's I, I, it, it it consumes most of my waking thoughts, you know, even even not during the season. So yes. it, it, it's kind of yeah, I mean to, to give that up and, and and I mean the the thought of um, I suppose being in this kind of European Super League where we would have probably been in the bottom three or four year in year out. Um, it didn't really, you know, it, it wasn't something that, that I would have embraced. But I love Arsenal, so I I probably would have stuck with it, but but very worried about, you know, the pe people behind me who were, who were young and growing up, how would they be able to get into it? Uh, it's not what I would have wanted. This this is What we've got is what I want. Mind you, I don't want a team that plays like they play tonight either, but, but we have to take the rough with the smooth. Um, do you, think, do you I, think the protests are going to continue for a while, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I hope they do, Olaf, because, um, you know, if, if you look at all of the apologies or the statements that the clubs released, you know, in the light of this, you know, inflagration that they caused, you know, um, flagration, inflagration, I don't know what, um, the apologies weren't really, apo the apologies were more like, we're sorry we did it now. We should have done better PR and maybe the timing was wrong. But they never said, you know what, you're, you're right, we're not going to ever do it again. They basically said, we, you know, we kind of fucked up the timing of it. You know, we're they sorry about that. Absolutely, absolutely. And the first thing Josh Cronkey said at the fans forum last night is, we have no intention to sell. You know, even with Akil VS basically saying, you're a fucking idiot, you have, you're clueless, you don't know what English football is about. You know, it's football, it's not soccer. Fuck off. Go buy something else. Go buy, you know, you've got billions. Go buy whatever you fucking like. You know, just just, just lay off our team. It's, you know. No, I was about to say, we've had a, a comment coming in the last couple of minutes from Trevor Doyle. Yes, uh, I want to talk about that. <coughs> if we don't win the Europe Cup and finish in ninth or tenth place, 
should Arteta, should Arteta stay or go? I think what I wanted to leverage that by saying, I think that the protest will continue. And should we lose on Thursday night, God forbid, um, or should we lose over the two legs and therefore we have these final three or four league games um, in 10th position year, but no chance of Europe next season. I think they will intensify uh, mixed in with anger about the ESL, anger about the Cronkies and anger about the state of the team. Yes. I think there is a very real danger that all might get mixed mixed up. I can't believe the, the Cronkies would replace Arteta at this stage um, because they, there is this kind of talk about this project. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, the, 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 the reality, the backdrop is the ESL and the fallout, and the protests that will continue. Uh, the reality at the moment is that you know, should we lose over two legs to Villarreal, uh, we're we're really in no man's land. We're uh, we could get Emery best, back. We're at best a mid-table side. We won't be able to attract top players uh, with no European football. We probably will have to have to sell players like uh, I suppose Aubameyang, Lacazette, um, and it, it, it could be a long haul back. So and I mean, the, the, that, was, the, that was the circle I was referencing earlier about where yeah. we are and then the anger and then no movement yes. of the owners, la, 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 la. And then the, the p performance drops where we sit, don't win the Europa League, ninth or 10th next year, scraping relegation, potentially questioning everything. And then the more anger leads to more protests, leads to more stubbornness and resilience from the owners. Um, and then it's, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's concerning for me because this is long haul stuff, hence my question of um, can this pressure be maintained because the only way that it's going to then work is unequivocally it's got to be wholehearted and everyone's got to be behind it and secondly yeah. it's got to be continual until there is a, some sort of amicable solution and not just posturing, posturing <clears throat> about it all at the end of the day. Mm. Well, I, yeah, well, I agree, absolutely. Um, I just, you know, while I'm, I'm kind of in slightly infused, I mean, by the fact that the, we got the reaction that we did against the Super League and that these billionaires got a, a little bit of comeuppance for however short it actually matters, because for those people, nothing fucking matters. They're living on a different planet than we are. My problem is that we haven't even begun to address the damage that, that this has been done by like our clubs. I, I was ashamed that Arsenal was one of the six clubs that was prepared to take the path that it did. And they can make the excuses, oh, the train was leaving the station and we had a last-minute chance to get on it and we didn't want to leave the club behind. Why I whooped a fucking do? Just, just the fact that we're like one of these dirty six clubs, you know, that was prepared to literally rip apart football um, as we know it is, is embarrassing and it's shameful and... The, the the however the, the you know the other 14 and the other 100 and 184 clubs that would have been left behind how they feel um i can't imagine but it's you know that that trust and that faith that has been broken how do you build that up again it's so hard to build that up you know it took such a long time to earn the classy club you know 
we're the classic not for fucking never again will we ever be able to call ourselves a classy club after what these people have done in our name you know the damage is it's it, it's just gonna ring on like a fucking broken bell into the future it's going to echo through you know these next few years we've got the pandemic to deal with we've got what football's going to look like and crowds and stuff coming back we've got a team that's struggling it's just we're in for a rough ride you know and and i worry about it i mean because it's tiring i think we're all tired like i watch football tonight and i'm like why am i even watching you know there's not a lot of enjoyment i'm getting out of just football in general right now and I, and i know people from other clubs fans from other clubs that feel the same i have my brother's a liverpool supporter you know i know people with chelsea spurs supporters look at them they've just sacked Mourinho six days before a cup final you know what i mean like all these teams all of us you got to give them credit for the timing of that on, on the day of the biggest sports news in <coughs> did they try and did they try and divert yeah yeah no, absolutely yeah yeah the, the bald-headed gentleman did well there um at the toilet bowl yeah i mean i would have loved to have seen him stay on sorry am i muted i would have loved to have seen him yeah. stay on and am on a, i on a, on a light-hearted note um can we just also say that uh, with thursday's game coming up against Villarreal, forget about and, and emery who do you think uh, Santi Cadola would be cheering for between the two teams? I think he's in Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. I think his heart's with Arsenal. I like to think so too. Am I muted, by the way? Because I can't tell anymore. No, 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 no. Uh, we can hear you. We can, we can. Unfortunately, we can sorry for you. <laughs> we can hear you and see you. It's like, yeah, we can hear you, Paul. Yes. And, I'm sorry and, that I just feel very passionately about this um about this um you yeah. know what's gone on because being part of you know being quite heavily involved in the week to you thing for the last couple of years we've been you know the, we've against this and 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 how these plots and machinations have been taking place and the fact that they happen under in the dead of night you know and and came to a head I'm just glad that that we, you know, the fans reacted like they did because I think we, we we've averted the first opening salvo in what's going to be like a, it's going to be a tough battle going forward. And like you said, Olaf, we can't let up. We just uh, we've got to keep our guard up. We've got to try and repair the damage that we've done to those around us, and we've got to do what we can to stop either you know stop the Cronkies from from you know plotting. Um, to take our club to places that it doesn't, it shouldn't be allowed to go. Um, we have to just, you know, do everything we can. Maybe make them change their mind and, and invest and behave like proper, proper. Right. So that's not going to happen. You see, part of the problem as well with the likes of the uh, the Blazers, the Benways, and uh, and KSC is all of their stuff is interlinked. They've got multiple sports interests all interlinked with a with an English football club. It's not a solitary thing. I mean, Roman Abramovich has got a solitary thing, as it were. I think it's Enik and whatever else who also happen to be American I mean, uh, and, and, and leading with his shares, but it's a solitary thing. It is them down the road, you know? Um, and and what happens when they all when they've got multiple sports interlinked and and that is a holding, 
and how the one backs up the other, be it on a balance sheet or, or however else, um, it, that also makes the uncoupling, once it does become coupled in, it, it's like um, a holding company that's like Volkswagen. You have a problem with Volkswagen, but you don't really because it has the Volkswagen brand. It has Audi, for example, and Seat and Skoda and Lamborghini and uh, Bentley, for example. So you, that's also part of the issue with, with these kind of groups. So that's why um, I think I saw somewhere where um, maybe we as sports fans, as Arsenal fans, should be integrating with the fans of uh, some of the other KSE-owned clubs and 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 forming a kind of a um, a partnership of of, of making the, the the Cronkies accountable, but on multiple levels at the same time and multiple sports that they invested in, not just oh it's that thing happening in London for example. I'm not sure but, that they have the same global awareness Olaf as we do. Um, you know, like the Americans will call you know their their twelve teams is the World Series. I mean, it's like it's there's an arrogance to that you know, nation, and I, and I am an American citizen, so I'm allowed to say this, I lived there for 17 years, you know, they've, they're very blinkered, you know, um, you know, you're not going to get, they're not, you're not going to get them out of bed for, <laughs> for, you know, something that's going on in England town, you know, so, with, with soccer, <laughs> I don't yeah. think, it's not going to happen. <coughs> And you and and you're the you you you, uh, you agree the same, Mervyn? Sorry, is there is there a way? Is there you? I'm, what I'm saying is, do you agree with Paul that there is not a way of integrating at all, and and and, um, and making sports groups become accountable? Just period, not just on a on a solitary. I, I, I mean, basis. I think it's, I think it's difficult because uh, the, 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 for. The reasons Paul's given, you know, their, their U.S. interests, uh, it doesn't align with with the the, the you know the kind of the passion. They're, they're they're passionate there, but as you know, I mean, it, it, like NFL is like sixteen games. Okay, there is a bit of postseason for a, a small number, but it's kind of it. it, it okay, I, I I support the Denver Broncos, so I mean, you know, we've had three or four very bad losing seasons. So the season ended at just after Christmas and all the talk has been about the draft and who might they pick and who might they move on. And, and, and there's there's no sport to talk about, um, whereas football is pretty much 24-7. You know, it's kind yeah. of it's, as soon as the season finishes, we're into Euro 2020. There's no Euro 2021. And then we're into the next season. Who are we going to sign? Who's going to come to the club? Are we in Europe? Are we not in Europe? Um, who's going to qualify for the next World Cup? It, it's never ending. There's there's never a break from soccer, um, and I think that 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 is the way that that we are geared. Uh, it, it's kind of it is a, a twenty four seven three six five days a year kind of sport now. Yeah, absolutely, um, and, and and hence also the concern with the amount of games that the players have to play. Yeah, um, which keeps coming up from the managers and and administrators at clubs, and, and absolutely overlooked by owners and even the likes of UEFA and, and FIFA, for example. We mm -hmm. talk about it, but then that do shit all about it as much as little as they do about racism as well. So um, and xenophobia. And I don't know, Olaf, if you've been to um, if you've been to many American um, sports events, it's. It, 
I've been to baseball. I've, I've been to, you know, I was a huge fan of the Lakers. Um, when I moved there in 1998, that, that was, they started like really hitting their peak. And from 88 to like 2004 or five, I would witness some of the most amazing basketball. You know, with um, the Staples Center, nosebleed seats, I mean, really at the back of the thing. But, you know, even then, as well as, as the Lakers were doing, it's, it's especially, I mean, more, more so with baseball. I'm going to stick with baseball because it was more like a day out, have a hot dog, sing a couple of songs, you know, the, um, halfway through tradition and the kids are there and it's, it's not tribal. It's not, you know, like when you watch like Stoke on a Tuesday you know, on a rainy night, you know, um, or you watch, you know, any of the first division or second division teams. I mean, you look at passionate fans, like supporting somebody who's 45th in the FA rung playing against somebody who's 67th as if it was life and death. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a sense of investment in the actual sport that you, you, that you, you're there on the pitch with, with those players. You don't get that in the States. It's like there's celebrities posing, there's popcorn and peanuts, people walking around and you can, there's people listening on the radio, they get up and they go and have a coffee and a beer and come back and, Oh, we lost or oh, shit. You know, it's like, it's not the same. It's just not the fucking yeah. same. And, and, and also really the, romanticism, the romanticism of football evolved, you know, when, when we were younger and the whole yeah. week led up, to, led up to the Saturday or Sunday kickoff as an example. And then that was it. And then the next week was made up of first reminiscing of what happened and where did it go wrong or how awesome was this. But okay, here we go. We're playing XYZ again on Saturday and what what's going to happen there and what were the injuries... And then, it, it, and, and that is how it becomes so ingrained. Whereas it's in, in a lot of other sports, it's not quite like that. And also nowadays, with the amount of games that the guys play, it is the reason why you can be so nitpicky because you can say you were shipped two days ago, but oh, today you were great again. And now can we see, can we go for that uh, the consistency word as an example? Or, mm -hmm. you know, or can we step it up a level is the discussion. But it's like every couple of days, you know. So yeah. uh, that's. And, and but but part of that the whole ingraining of football in the in the in the British culture is made up from the way that it always led up to every weekend and a game and then it was a dad yeah, and a yeah. son thing sometimes or dad would go to club A and son would go to club B and then there would have family feuds over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean when I I was talking about my first full season seventy seventy one. Uh, games were just played on a Saturday. There was the occasional midweek game. Um, but unless you were one of the two games on much of the day, or you were selected by the big match for your region, so there was a London game they showed the highlights of, if you weren't one of those three games, you never saw the goals. Yes. So it, it, it's, you know, I mean, the... the, the it, 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 it has become a 24-7, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year sport. And there are very few other sports like that. Yeah, in the middle of the cricket season with the Ashes Test Series, the back pages are full of transfer gossip. Absolutely. But also when you see Australia, but also when Australia is playing, you know, England and the Ashes, they don't put the English fans in like the back, you know, quarter, you know, you, everyone's mixed up. Yeah. You know, and yeah, all yeah. the other sports, all the oppo opposing teams and stuff there, they're all sitting next to each other, you know, in rugby in South Africa, you've got, you know, the Sharks sitting next to the Bulls. There's, there's no, 
that, that sense of tribalism. There's something just very specifically unique about football and English football and that it just it just brings out everything that's beautiful about competitive sports it, you know because it, it the pa- the fans get to witness it they get to experience it that tribalism probably even exists nowadays now that you've got you know like journeyman players that are being bought from other countries and stuff that aren't from the region but before when you had players like six or seven of your team were born and raised like you know within yeah. six or seven streets of the stadium they were as much part of your tribe as as the guy standing yeah. or sitting next to you and now yeah. it's somebody from gabon or somebody from you know saint lucia <laughs> who has no ties i mean it's just every as much as it's been watered down we still managed to retain that sense of tribalism and connection and identity it's about yeah. our identity this is identity politics folks this what they've tried to do is steal the identity yeah, and, and, but I mean, you know, even so, okay, I'm going back to 7071 again. You know, Charlie <laughs> George effectively came off the North Bank to score the goal that won the double. Exactly. But four years later, uh, the club were going to sell him to Spurs. I mean, in the end, Derby stepped in and signed him. But I mean, it's kind of, it's, you know, the, 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 even then, yeah, the, the loyalty wasn't there, effectively. Correct. Okay, we need to wrap it up a bit. So I would like to end. I think so. I would just like to ask. We've had one comment in in the last couple of minutes from Sean Egan. Um, I I don't know. I don't know why Enketia started over Martinelli. Um, I think that uh, earlier in the season, the belief was that Enketia was very good at pressing and, and chasing down uh, defenders. Um, maybe he was in the shop window to try and get a, a, a fee for him. Um, I would have started Martinelli. Um, there have been, I've noticed as the comments coming, that there is beginning to be a little bit of a drift away from Arteta. And I don't know if that's, we're just frustrated at the, the recent games and frustrated at what happened at the weekend with the ESL. Um, but I, I, I can't believe that even if we lose to Villarreal, that they will replace him at this stage. Um, but it, it, it's, I think we mustn't lose sight. We, with, it's very important to show the owners what we feel. I think we mustn't lose sight of the fact we are on the field, we are drifting. And, you know, if we don't overcome Villarreal, we're, yeah, it's, it's a very poor season. Yeah. I think one, um, um, I'd like to do a little bit of a prediction, as I said, and, um, and I think that just also in context, Arteta, for example, appointed around about the same time as Jose Mourinho down the road. Um, and, and, and look where the two are. But the, what, the, what they, what, what Arteta's had to go through, first of all, with his COVID, then with that hit, with it hitting, he came in half a season in, uh, and took over and yes, went comparatively well and ended with the FA Cup. But then look what, what's happened this season. Um, and, and, um, it, it's been a, and then now with the uh, Europa uh, Super League, it, it's it's astounding what the guys had to endure as a coach. His first full-time coaching job in 18 months at such a tender age as well. Not that anybody else would have had had better experience at it, but but it is pretty remarkable. And 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 you have to give him some kind of uh, credit from my perspective for that because you have to go through that. Um, mm. um, I, I think, think that. Yeah. 
a, a little bit a little bit of calming calmer water might actually is the only way to judge him you can't you can't judge somebody yeah. in the middle of a tsunami whether he's doing a good job you know sailing a boat um yeah. so um i think we also need to be a little bit fair in that perspective okay prediction time let's start off with the game on thursday we've learned nothing out of tonight i assume paul do you think is it home or away? Sorry, I have been concentrating. It, uh, it's, it's away. away. Yes, away. it's away. At their stadium? Or was it a neutral venue? No, it's at their stadium. I think it's at the Stadio Madrigal or something. Um, yeah. I, would, I would love to get an away goal. As long If we get an away goal and draw, um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how confident I feel. It depends very much on whether we get either of our two goal scorers back and whether they're fit enough. Um, yeah. Because I don't see goals coming from anywhere. I mean, tonight just showed it. Um, I, I don't think anybody looked remotely like scoring, to be honest. You know. Okay, your, your prediction, on the game next week, out of today? Excuse me. I think, um, I think we'll score there. Um, Who do you I think like we'll score? Say, I, I <laughs> would like to say that I think we will win the away leg 2-1. Uh, but I'll go for a 1-1 draw to get the away goal. Um, the I'm, I'm guessing Erdegaard will start. Um, I, I don't know why, but I think, I think uh, Lacazette might be fit to start. Um, if he isn't, then I'm guessing that tonight Arteta was trying out kind of Enketia and then Martinelli to see who, who he should really start. But I just... I actually... I actually believe I'm an Arsenal fan. Have been. I was born an Arsenal fan. I actually believe we will win the Europa League. Um, until we're knocked out, I believe we will win it. So, there you go. Um, yeah, that that would be awesome. And whoever Nordine Shigara, I'm sorry, I've been kind of busy doing a bunch of other things right now. Is it home or away? I mean, the last round we were meant to be home. Then Spurs got home, so they moved ours away, and we've had. Fucking games at neutral venues. So, yeah, fuck you very much. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> I want to end off on a slightly serious note. We started off on a slightly lighter one. That's this cronky out movement. The second uh, big discussion point this evening that we had. And, and thanks for, for everybody whose input that we received. Paul, do you think that this is going to be sustained? Do you think that there is momentum? And... Do you think there will be an outcome that will, at a certain point, um, make the fans feel at ease again? And then I'm going to come to you, Mo, with the same question. Um, uh, Olaf, I, I hope that, that that this, you know, this really is the, the last straw, and that, and that fans will stay engaged and committed to seeing this through. Um, unfortunately, it's it's you know. We've got like goldfish memories, you know. Give us a pair of great stripy socks for next season, and suddenly everything's fine again. Uh, you know, we've seen that happen before. So, do I hope that we stay engaged and we can sort this out and 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 basically right some of the wrongs that I think are, you know, um, just representative of what's going on in the rest of the planet? Because it's not just football, um, with the rich getting richer and greed and capitalism and what it does to the planet and to society and and everything. I think this is part of a bigger battle and I would love to see people stay engaged and I'd love to see the, 
the guys in white win at the end, but I'm, I'm afraid it's probably going to be the ones in black, you know, who walk walk into the sunset, you know, um, with us strung behind them in chains, you know, singing spirituals. If we win the Europa League and we go back into the Champions League and we have a good transfer window um, and we start next season uh, full of confidence, then I think the 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 atmosphere will be different. Um, We're we're more likely to get rid of them, I think, if we're doing well than if we're doing badly. Uh, Because if we're doing well, we'll be worth more. Um, So having said that, if we're doing well, they've got less uh, incentive to sell. Um, But I, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a perverse way, the best way of maybe removing the Cronkies is actually to, to win the Europa League, get into the Champions League and have a decent transfer window. We're going to end up by saying hashtag Cronky out. Um, I can't type uh, in the comments section. Um, I would like to thank everybody for joining us this evening. I think we've had a, a robust discussion. We try to balance it between the game and and. The, the key issue affecting all of us as fans, irrespective of where we live in the world, because it, it, it cuts us all to the core, um, and we are united in our uh, disapproval and anger. And I'm going to end up by swearing and saying fucking frustration um, at the owners. So um, we'd like to thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Paul, for driving the desk and making sure the right comments went up, including um, uh, complimentary uh, commentary on, on your memory skills. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> thanks, Olaf. Thanks for having me. Um, fans in, Cronky out. Here we go. Yeah. And also the uh, the, the sprightly looking 10 years younger Merv uh, <laughs> with your great insight and, and discussion this evening. It was great having you and, and talking with you as well. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed the evening. Of, well, not the football, but I've enjoyed the yeah. evening with you guys. I've enjoyed the conversation and the comments. And uh, yeah. Thanks again for joining us, everybody, and uh, stay safe. And there'll be a crew coming up on the Gunnerstown Pub on Thursday night. There won't be any of us, I don't think. We'll be quietly watching, uh, being able to drink a real amount of alcohol, because we'll have to appear on camera. And celebrating our 4-0 win (laughs) up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. (laughs) 